Hello and welcome to the Aging Hipster Rewatch. I am Bob Serrano. Tonight, it's time to mount up and attack an apartment complex full of criminals. This week, we watch The Raid Redemption. First up is a martial arts movie neophyte. I, I am giving him a crash course into some of my favorite Asian action movies. I can only wonder what he thinks of it all. Welcome co-host Toby Crines. Thank you, Bob. Um, I'm so excited I could play Shaolin soccer in a house of flying daggers. <laughs> uh, you know, usually I put in uh, clips of the trailer before, like in between here, after, you know, in post-production, but I watched the trailer and there's like literally no talking. And I think there's some in, in Indonesian and it would just all been just like hearing people's like, you know, and crash. So yeah. it's not going to be here. But we are we are also joined by a couple guests today. First up is Kyle Stuke. He's co-creator of Ominous Media and host of Humming Fools, an interview and discussion podcast dedicated to the artists, dreamers, and anyone out there with the creative urge. And most recently, writer and creator of the new comic book, Evil Cast, a horror buddy comedy. Welcome, Kyle. Guys, thanks for having me. I uh, have a tendency to buy Blu-rays and then never watch them, so I'm very thankful to get my raid collection blu-ray out and talk about it with y'all well the aging hipster is always here to serve <laughs> uh so did you want to talk a little bit about evil cast what is that oh uh, yeah absolutely uh it's a new comic that uh my friend and i uh noah bosley uh created together along with artist enrico orlandi and we just love comic books and uh love creating love horror and so decided to get together and start making something. So the first issue is out and it just follows a fictional version of myself and my friend Noah as we get into some horror shenanigans. So uh, yeah, if you go to our website, ominous.media, you can read it there for free. And is that where you can find your podcast and everything else that you're doing? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, ominous.media. You can listen to our podcast, Humming Fools and read the comic all for free. I sent you a picture of my comic book yes. cover. Did you see that? <laughs> it made my heart happy. I saw it and I was like, yes, this is a man that has fine taste and gets it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, basically, I just look for any sort of excuse to have myself drawn. So it's just, I'm kind of like Rose from Titanic, you know, just like get me. Oh, like, I was draped across the reference. Couch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And our. Last guest is Aaron Shelton, the co-host of Kame House Party, a Dragon Ball comedy podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very good. I, If you remember a few months ago on Twitter, everyone was doing their top 10 movies of the past decade. And The Raid was definitely, it was in that mix for sure. So I'm very excited to be here. Well, this is going to be awesome. And also exciting is we're going to do both this Sunday and next Sunday, we're doing The Raid 1 and 2 all together. Mm. Thank you. So this should be a lot of fun. And for your podcast, this is a podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Kame House mm-hmm. Party. Where can people find that? I mean, any, you know, the usual, the standard mantra of wherever podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to KameHouseParty.com uh, to find out more about us. But it's uh, my co-host, Vince White. Uh, we met uh, on an improv team. We're both improvisers. And so we're trying to go through the entirety of Dragon Ball, which is hundreds of hundreds of episodes of animation uh and then we you know we talk about it and we'll go into improvised scenes based on what we're talking about and we just have a good time that sounds awesome that sounds like a lot of a lot of uh episodes in the future so that's good 
Yeah, we have we have a very full slate for the next, I guess, decade. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, to affirm, uh, Aaron, really quick, I don't know anything about Dragon Ball, like absolutely nothing. And I started listening to one of the episodes, and I had no idea the plot, but it was very funny to where I was <laughs> crying. So even if you are not a Dragon Ball person, you should check it out because oh, it's really funny. D- thank you very much. Uh, later on... Uh, we start doing what's called a one minute roundup, which is where one of us has to summarize everything that's happened in less than a minute. And so as we've progressed, it's progressively gotten harder to do. <laughs> and one of us will probably have an aneurysm by like 250, 255. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> idea. Reminds me of the new Frozen movie. They they do that the, the, in they one do, minute. They do like, yeah, the, the snowman does a one minute recap. So. Oh, that's right. Yep. For everyone. I just Frozen 2 is out for rent. I Kyle and Aaron, you don't have kids. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I do I'm, not know. I, I'm getting the demands have already begun. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's really funny uh, quickly is that uh, so I have two daughters, six and uh, four. And I also have a son, the two year old. And so they saw Frozen 2 like on our Roku thing because we do like the streaming thing. But it was only there to buy. And so I was like, and they're like, oh, we want to watch. We want to watch. And I was like, I'm not going to buy it in, unless you guys clean your playroom. <laughs> and, and and like uh, a couple of weeks later, it's still just not clean at all because they uh, the the one day that they were supposed to clean, they decided to take naps instead. You know, because they're obviously a chip off the old block. Yeah, yeah, until, it's a rule. Yeah, no, I guess yes, they they do though. Um, and until I came home one day from work and it was now open to rent, and they had rented it, so uh. it was over. Uh, my go-to is uh my kids have like you know they get birthday checks in the mail and we have a piece of paper with their current balance of how much money i'm like oh you wanna you wanna buy frozen (laughs) too okay which which of you wants to spend 25 of your dollars on that oh neither of you okay (laughs) but that's a great idea i mean i just steal their money but um they're not going to know about that until years from now All right, before we get into everything, we are going to take care of some business. So, you know how you can support the aging hipster? Buy a dang shirt. Each purchase from our tpublic.com storefront benefits the podcast. I promise, I solemnly promise not to squander the money and just have illustrations of myself drawn. I will use it to help defray the cost of the podcast. You can believe that if you want or not. Uh, so benefit so yourself. Defray. Yeah, there's so many costs. So benefit yourself with an amazing t-shirt and benefit the Aging Hipster Network with your support. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash aging hipster. We got three designs up right now. All right. So let's get into the Raid Redemption. So it was actually released in Indonesia in 2011, but in the U.S. it was released on April the 13th, 2012. The tagline was, when there's nowhere left to run or hide, you fight or die. Toby. What do you think? When there's nowhere left to run or hide, you fight or die. Yeah, that's about that's the one. That's the ten second synopsis. I like it. That that's two horses, two horses worth. <laughs> All right, and the budget was one point one million dollars. That's American. It definitely stretched quite a bit in Indonesia. It opened with two hundred thirteen thousand um, in March to the uh, in the U.S. It grossed about four million dollars in the. U.S. worldwide, it did about nine million dollars. Is directed by Gareth Evans, written by Gareth Evans, and the top build stars are Oh Iku Yuas, Ananda George, 
and Ray say he's happy. I just want to put out a disclaimer, guys. I'm not the best um, Indonesian name person, so I'm sorry if I totally mangle all this up. Um, also in there that were uh, some notable actors, Joe Taslim. He was in there in a new Netflix movie and also like uh, Fast and Furious Six. Yayan Ruhan, who was also in, he was in Star Wars: The Force Awakens, along with Iko Uwais, and then Pierre Grudeau. Top grossing movies of 2012. Number one was The Avengers, The Dark Knight Rises, The Hunger Games, Skyfall, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, The Amazing Spider-Man, Brave, Ted, and Madagascar 3. In there, The Raid Redemption was 179th overall behind Hubble 3D. Um, I looked it up. The top Asian movie of 2012 was Let Let the Bullets Fly, starring the handsomest man in Hong Kong, Chow Young-Fat, and also Jian Wen. Uh, I didn't I didn't see that, but now I kind of want to. I looked at the trailer. It looked pretty good. Other notable movies. Toby, what else was playing that? I gotta say, I'm a bit disappointed that I've never seen Behind Hubble 3D. That sounds awesome. Not many other people did either. As many of them saw the raid. We should review that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, other notable movies, uh, Bridesmaids, Midnight in Paris, which I love. I don't know if anyone else saw that, but uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Moneyball, another great movie, uh, Harry Potter 7, X-Men First Class. So I decided to go over uh, 2011 because that's when the raid is actually kind of officially released we always kind of go over the year of the release i was in minnesota we were both in minnesota together toby mm-hmm. i can't remember what i was doing i think i was in <laughs> i was working in the store i don't know yeah i'm sure you were firing colin around that time maybe i mean it's a full-time job so i was kind of feeling sorry for myself stock and produce and what were you doing toby uh, well, we had just released uh, Far Away Farm and the Bird in 2010. Um, I just only know that because this is the 10-year anniversary I did that math. <laughs> um, and so uh, that was the last Crimes Number 3 show, I think, uh, that we did. Was this uh, when I quit? No, that would have been uh, four or six years prior, I think, is when you quit. <laughs> when I retired. Yeah, retired. I retired. Yeah, I didn't you quit. might come back. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Uh, How about... But- how about you, Kyle? Do you remember where you were in 2011? Man, 2011, I was a junior in high school. Uh, Get out of here. <laughs> Get out. Oh, Get goodbye, out. everyone. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to answer. It's going to make sense. Yeah. Um, and good night to you. <laughs> <laughs> I had just moved uh, to the States. Uh, I had been living in Ecuador before. So 2011 was not an amazing year for me socially because I <laughs> was new in school and uh, had a bit of culture shock. But thankfully, there was quite a bit of tasty movies to uh occupy uh my angsty uh high school heart so <laughs> so that's interesting what is the what is the number one most shocking thing about the, uh, like moving to the u.s um i mean i think it's a lot of the like what's available i i mean i had obviously been i'd been to the u.s before i would visit during summers and stuff but you just like when you walk into a walmart your eyes just like go wide and you're like wow this is pretty amazing and then once you get used to it now they get wide for a different when you walk into a walmart and you see and you're like why am i here at 10 p.m this is a scary place i think maybe it's like a twin peaks red room-esque thing i don't know but um i think yeah it's just the, the amount of stuff available and uh just how people interact 
uh, with each other. Uh, it's just different. Not bad, just different. And interact how is like less uh, kissing on the cheeks thing, less huggy. Yeah, kind of the, the social aspect. Yeah, like yeah. In Latin America, it's very uh, you know very social, very welcoming, and you know the in the states uh, much more individualistic. And again, that's not bad. Um, but again, when you're kind of used to having lots of friends and family and neighbors, and then you kind of get put into like an individual neighborhood and everyone kind of keeps to themselves and you don't know anyone and you're not close with your family because you've been living in a completely different country it's just again it's just a bit of a shock all right but well i did not realize you were so young kyle don't worry it all goes downhill so I, that's that's my only well, well, that was 2011 too bob oh, yeah, yeah that was nine years ago so. i'm 26 i i've i've aged a little bit maybe like fine wine maybe not we will i'll let the viewers and you decide you're, you're a fine <laughs> bottle of wine <laughs> thank you thank you toby all right aaron how about you where were you can we challenge aaron to sum up his entire life in one minute oh yeah okay oh yeah you got it all right all right, I'll, all right, fuck it. Let's go. Uh, okay, hold on one second. You going to time me or should I time myself? I, I got it right here. All right, you tell me when to go. Okay, go. I was born in Muncie, Indiana. Uh, it's uh, 37 years ago. Uh, then my family moved to Georgia. That's where I mainly grew up up until I was uh, 20. And then at 20, I went on my mission because I was raised Mormon and I went to Idaho over there. And then I did that for two years and I came back to Georgia and then I worked at a movie theater and I got tired of living in Georgia. I'm like, I, I want to make movies. So I went to film school here around in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I did that. I went to Tom Savini school. Um, after that, the last 10 years have been a blur because I've been uh, working as like a video editor um, and doing a bunch of other movie stuff. Uh, I lived in New Jersey for a bit and then worked in New York for a little. And that's where I started imp- started doing improv. I made a lot of my friends. Then I came back uh, for personal reasons <laughs> that I won't get onto here. Uh, but then uh, I uh, and then the past two years have just been uh, I was the editor on a feature film and uh, that just came out. Christmas, and that's it. There we go. Oh, hey, crushed it! Wow, yeah, that's... well done, Aaron. Wow, perfect timing. Yeah, mine will just be all ums and likes. And just... <laughs> I, I guess I have a lot of practice doing things in a minute. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, and you teased us. You left us wanting more. Like, I mean, yeah, there's all the emotional stuff. Talk about, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the second minute when you get into the like. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I. Yeah, down. that's when I break down and. <laughs> You hear a each man minute, cry. Yeah, it's each minute is a layer. All right. <laughs> All right. Top five stories of 2011. A series of massive earthquakes hit northeast Japan, unleashing a 10-meter tsunami. Number two, U.S. forces kill Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden in a raid on a house in Abadadad, Pakistan. The Egyptian president, Hosni Mubarak, quits and the army pledges to oversee a transition to democracy. President Zine Al-Badin bin Ali flees Tunisia, sparking copycat protests that become the Arab Spring. And Libya's former leader, Muammar Gaddafi, is killed by rebels in the wake of a NATO airstrike. Uh, I tried to look up what happened in Indonesia in 2011. And one of the things that when I watched the raid, it made me realize that Indonesia is like the fourth most populous country in in the world, but we know next to nothing about what goes on there, you yeah. know? And I thought that was one of the things that was kind of fascinating because like, like, do you guys, can you even, uh, 
like have any facts about Indonesia at yeah. all? Or? Well, that bombing was a huge deal. So I was there, uh, I don't know, let's say 10 years ago or so. And, um, the, there's like a huge memorial to that bombing. Uh, the one, one crazy thing about Indonesia. So it's the world's fourth largest economy. It's huge. Mm. Like it's, you know, it's unbelievably big. Uh, and yet we know nothing about it. Uh, but we went, we drove up into the mountains and the military was there, uh, demanding bribes for any, any tourists basically. And so we, we had to pay them like a hundred bucks or something just to drive into the mountains, you know, and they're, they have the guns all drawn and everything different place. Did- <laughs> yeah. Were you there in 2011 or before there or after? Uh, Can you remember? I, I think it was uh, probably 2010-ish. Yeah, somewhere right in there. All right. So in 2011, there was uh, the Siraban bombing. Oh, it must have been after that because the yeah. bombing. So it must have been, yeah, sorry. It must have been like 12 or something. <laughs> there was, yeah. Get your story um, straight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. You lost all credibility here. <laughs> I know. That's a daily thing for me. So that bombing was when a suicide bomber detonated an explosive device in a mosque in a police compound in the city uh, of Siraban in West Java, Indonesia. The attack occurred uh, during Friday prayers. Uh, the The bomber was killed and at least 28 people were injured, most of whom were praying in the mosque. So that was the biggest uh thing going on in 2011 when i looked at the wikipedia page that's the only place i could find 2011 events the rest of them were about like the 2011 miss indonesia <laughs> contest so I, I know that a lot of stuff right. happened yeah <laughs> if, if people from indonesia like listen to it, i know that stuff happened i can't i'm sorry i can't find it uh but i did see a couple big tv debuts indonesia big brother uh premiered mm-hmm. yeah classic and, and master chef indonesia as well another great one Yep. Uh, sports. Uh, Indonesia dominates the Southeast Asian Games, which they gave out over 1,800 medals. So that's a lot. Indonesia got 476 of them. Brunei it, came up last with only 11. Well, it makes sense. If Indonesia, they're probably, uh, well, I imagine they're first or second economy in that, the whole of Asia, you know? <laughs> right. So it makes sense that they're right up there with the medals. All right, so let's get into the actual movie itself. The plot, a SWAT team member becomes trapped in a tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. On the Rotten Tomatoes, this is a critical darling. The critics' consensus was no frills and all thrills. The Raid Redemption is an inventive action film expertly paced and edited for maximum entertainment. Got 86% fresh from the critics and 87% fresh from the audience score. Um, this movie definitely, even though it did not do that great on the box office, it continued to grow in terms of, uh, cult status and reputation. Um, so I just kind of wanted to, the lead off topic is this. I'm going to start off with, uh, Toby and I are both from Chicago. So we grew up watching Siskel and Ebert. Roger Ebert hated this movie though. Gave it one out of four stars. And here's part of his review. Uh, says, quote, I am dismayed. I have no prejudice against violence, but uh, when I find it is well made, when it is a well made film, but this film is almost brutally brutally cynical in its approach. The Welsh di- uh, director Gareth Evans knows there is a fanboy audience for his formula, in which special effects amp up the mayhem and senseless carnage. There is obviously an audience for the film, probably a large one. They are content, even eager, to sit in the theater and watch one action figure after another 
pound and blast one another to death. They require no dialogue, no plot, no characters, no humanity. Have you ever noticed how cats and dogs will look at a TV screen on which there are things jumping around? It is to that level of the brain's reptilian complex that this film appeals. Ouch. Uh, so, can, I, can I just put that into context? Uh, yes. uh, Roger Ebert has that in the same category as Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, uh, The Hot Chick, <laughs> Spice World, um, Dukes of Hazard. So that's how much uh, Roger Ebert thinks of this movie. Oh, man. Yeah, Dukes that's... of Hazard was at least a two out of four. <laughs> and, and, you that know, Spice fine. Yeah, in Spice World, um, remember we were talking about last episode, we were talking about in 1999, people are wearing a lot of athletic leisure stuff, and that's because of Sporty Spice. So that's at least another half star. Roger Ebert even got into that attire. Yeah. Okay, so my first question for for you panelists. So take it into consideration. What are your thoughts about this movie? Do you think Ebert is... Uh, do you agree with Ebert? Do you not agree with it? Toby, let's start with you. Uh, it's, it's a gratuitous, um, you know, fighting movie. Uh, um, but it's done well and it's interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, for example, there's a scene that I just loved. Uh, I wouldn't even say the scene, but just this one part where they're fighting, of course, because that's the whole movie. Everybody's <laughs> fighting the whole time. But the, the guy like flies over. He throws the guy over the ledge of a balcony and he lands right on his back on a slab of concrete and his body like snaps. I'm like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> like, never seen that. <laughs> How about you, Aaron? What do you think? And I, I think what it is is so early in the film there is a there is a scene where a kid gets shot, and I couldn't see something so. Or I don't know what was going through his head when he was doing this review, but I could see that sort of being a catalyst of well, this is too gratuitous, and that sort of informing the rest of the movie because it's not it's not a for it's anti-formula i think as far as like martial arts movies especially within the individual scenes and it's there's so much artistry and like craft to this movie and like learning more about it you appreciate it more so i think it this seems he talks about having like a gut reptile reaction i'm like well i think his review is more like that's that's a gut reaction that's you i don't think he gave it a chance and did your um opinion of it changed upon re- the most re- recent rewatch was there anything that you kind of appreciated more or less i on this rewatch i saw just the just knowing all the the time and effort in, with all the fight scenes and i'm get to sort of look at the flow of action a little more just more appreciating for it i was a little afraid i'm like i don't know man am i going to still like this as much as I used to, but no, it, you know, almost 10 years later, it's still very much holding up even the visual effects, uh, like, uh, the, the squid, the, uh, what's the word, the gunfire, uh, some of the blood effects they're, they're, you know, they're CG, but they're still Mm -hmm. very good even for the budget and time. And how about you, Kyle? I, you know, movies are you know all that stuff they're it's meant to entertain it's meant to challenge all these things and so when you're telling a story um you know about SWAT team going into this building and getting stuff done you need to feel like 
there's stakes and you need to feel like, you know, there there's tension. And so with the violence, it is like awful, especially like the ones that make me cringe the most is when the main character will stab someone in the leg or the arm and then just pull. And you're just like, Oh Shit. God, no, why? Oh, and, and, like, and he's like, Oh yeah, you like it. And he gets in it and he shoves it in your face and you're like, I do kind of like it, but I also don't. Again, it's, it's kind of, it's awful it's gory but it makes you fearful for the characters and there's some characters that kind of like there's that movie language where it's like this character's gonna make it this one's not and sometimes the movie reverses that where it's kind of like the music's ramping up and it's usually that scene where the character will grab something in time and be able to get away from their attacker but sometimes they don't and so it's a weird thing where I think my brain and a lot of, you know, people who are fans of these types of movies are different to where like we can, like Aaron said, look at violence and be like, man, this is well crafted. Mm-hmm. This is done well. And so it's weird to celebrate. But at the same time, when you watch this movie, it's just done well. So I understand. I totally understand someone watching it and being like, this made me feel nauseous. This is dirty. This is gross. And I felt that way about other movies like Wolf of Wall Street. But then I would I would never like rate wolf of wall street lower because of that reason i don't actually have a problem with the filmmaking or the storytelling i just got grossed out because the watching awful people be awful so i don't know i think like you guys kind of have been saying it just seems a little bit more like his opinion and it seems a bit unfair i don't know no i think those are all good um thoughts because i think i I definitely agree with you guys because there's there's so much work that like once you read into it that the stunt team like it's the piranha stunt team that they're largely working with and that all this stuff is just takes so much time and talent to do right because they're moving so fast it's kind of like the old like um you know like all the hong kong films with jackie chan and his troop of people you know that they just go through and, and like at a certain point it's not about like uh celebrating the violence of it is just the it's just their art of it's just a very physical art as they're going around and fighting in cocaine you know or like in the meth labs or something you know you know like i know it's not real you know it's just it's just something that's for whatever reason my reptilian brain enjoys there you go roger (laughs) Yeah, And I think, you know, one thing, there are uh, two shortcuts that made me cringe, but maybe it's just dated. And one Mm -hmm. is like the main character has a wife at home with the baby. And he's like, oh, right. It's like the Disney. Your mom's going to die in a Disney movie. And I feel like like this is one quick shortcut. We're going to like generate some sympathy really quick. And then the other one is the drug lab. Like. Did there have to be a drug lab? I would have been fine without it. You know, but. <laughs> well, they talked about it, but it's sort of like, yeah, we just need another good, like, large scale fight right here <laughs> before we get into the final fight between Mad Dog and the two brothers, you know? But I did like the twists, like, you know, with, with the bad cop and then, oh, like, yeah. you know, the at the end and, and typical, like, you know, Chinese, the minimal exposure I have to Chinese action, uh, kung fu movies and the. Uh, was it the Waikisu or whatever type of movie where like you never quite get the satisfaction you want at the end. Like there's always like, you know, always like not totally packaged up in a way that's satisfying, like in a, in a really neat way, you know? Right. To uh, Um, go to the, the bad guy in the, the drug lab scene that that's one of my favorites because it's really awesome, but you can tell that the bad guy, the bad cop 
is not an action star like everyone else. So it shows everyone else fighting. They're doing amazing <laughs> stuff. And it cuts to him. And he's like, I'm going to throw a shelf at you. <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah. can, you can see the stunt guys going, oh, ow, yes, this does hurt. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's get back to the other guys. Because <laughs> he, he gets some good hits in. But you can tell that he's not as agile as the rest of them. It's like, yeah, sort of like the default fighting style for someone that doesn't know like how to fight. It's like, I'm just a power guy. Yeah. Like, here's a big... <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm Christopher Nolan's Batman. I just like punch like while my neck <laughs> yeah. stays like incredibly stiff. Uh, all right. So does this need much more of a plot or can it stand alone as the survival horror movie that Gareth Evans wanted to make? What do you think, Kyle? Um, I I think it's kind of perfect. I normally am very nitpicky um, about plot and characters like that's kind of my, my favorite movies like you know are very plot heavy or very character based but this is one of those scenes where it's like we're here to see again the work of these incredible stunt guys we're here to see the action and to the movie's credit i think it does a good job of giving you what you need and like toby said there's a couple like little twists sprinkled throughout and as cheesy as the the wife at home is i think the movie is really good about quickly giving you at least some stuff like it shows uh, what's the main guy's name? Rama. 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 Yeah, Rama. It shows him. It shows him praying, and it shows him practicing. And so right away, we're like, okay, this guy's dedicated. He's actually good. Like it's not a surprise later. We're like, well, okay, why is our protagonist no, you know, a martial art? It's like, okay, we see him trying. We see him waking up early. We we know he's a rookie. And then there's little. And again, they're cheesy. It's like always the protagonist is like, hey, quit picking on that person. And there's always a cop who's just like randomly aggressive. But again, it it, it makes you quickly like the protagonist. And then as soon as they get thrown into hell, you're just kind of like, I like this guy, and I know he fights well. And that's kind of all you need for an action movie. So I think it kind of struck the perfect balance. It's not bland. It's not like a faceless protagonist, just moving through hordes of enemies. I could tell a couple characters. Like I like the main Sergeant too. I cared about him and I knew that the cop was kind of slimy. So I looked forward to hope, hoping for his demise and especially mad dog, like having a great villain. So again, I recognize it's not, you know, Shakespeare or anything, but I think that the, they added enough to where it's satisfying and not bland. So Aaron, do you think uh, survival horror is a category of this movie? Um, I think definitely in the first half, once they're, once they're in there and their presence has been, uh, they've been alerted to their presence of the SWAT team and they get, you know, they're just mowed down, they're split up. Um, I think about the scene where uh, Rama and Jaka, they're hiding in the crawl space between the wall and the main machete guy is just sticking through the wall and you feel it and you think, and again, to bring up how this movie sort of subverts within their scenes, they sort of subvert expectations. You think it's going to be the thing where it's like, Oh, he's going to come out unscathed, right? They're not going to find him. There'll be like this perfect outline of him somehow. But then it's like, no, we're going to slice his cheek open. And then we're going to leave that machete across his face. (laughs) Uh, Audience. I hope you can hear me putting my hand across my face. to illustrate the point. Um, And we're just going to let it sit there for like a minute and just let him bleed with a machete in his face. And like, so those bits, I think hit that survival horror but then it it does progress into like this proper no this is a martial arts film and we're getting you know fight scene after fight scene after fight scene no i think that makes a lot of sense because it definitely because then it comes like rama's like uh now he's making his charge up 
up the final floors you know mm-hmm. you killed enough of them i definitely really liked in um one of my favorite scenes is like so they got shot up right and they're shooting their way up and just them uh looking it was the part where they're looking at the floor and they like looking for like uh, hollow points in the floor and then they start just like like mm-hmm. axing their way down and they're fighting across like multiple levels i thought i thought that was really well done where it just kind of had the continuing the kind of horror genre just like you're on the run you know here comes the the faceless horde of zombies or whatever in this case a bunch of indonesian criminals uh so what do you think toby did you need more plot did you need I, did you need rama to like call his wife midway <laughs> no i'm glad he didn't and i'm even glad at the end that they he, his wife wasn't there to like hug him on the way out um <laughs> because uh, that would have made it much worse um i i thought it was quite good um you, you know the plot was plenty for me in fact it was like more than i expected it, you know it took the first half of the movie was like no plot and all blood and then yeah. like uh the second half it got surprising like with the brother i don't know i don't remember them mentioning the brother earlier but when i noticed that towards the end i was like oh that's pretty cool like you got this like secret guy in here who's, who's a criminal you know and a brother and then the cop turning sides and like them trying to having to figure that out and and then even like the final line where um i think i misunderstood this in hindsight but like what i heard him say the brother was like on the outside you protect me but when you're in here i protect you i thought that was pretty cool like he's like i'm gonna stay in here where i'm the king right and i think they foreshadowed it a couple times in the beginning um, in the beginning, when he was leaving, there's that old man who I think was his dad, or is just like a random old man that like he, he had a moment with. You know? <laughs> right. uh, he saw that picture. He talked about it later. Like I saw the picture and I saw Drew there. And on the way in, they they kind of referenced the brother character as being the brains, and Mad Dog is more of the the physical uh, mm-hmm. henchman right there. All right. So next question. Do you guys think the style is too brutal? Gareth Evans uh, may, said that he's not really attracted to movies that dwell on torture or violence. But with regards to the brutality, it's influenced by the circumstances that the characters find themselves in. So I think what Gareth was kind of talking about in this Vulture article is that he's not like, so you see a guy's like head just kind of get bounced off there, but he's not leaving it there after just seeing like all the blood pool. He tries to go away. I know it's a kind of a, a stretch because after watching it, it's a very violent movie. But I remember watching this initially, and my for the first time, I never saw a movie that was just so. I guess I don't want to say realistic, but it was just so quick. I was so used to like kind of more Hong Kong movies where it's all very, it's very, it's stylish, right? You know, you just see. All these people are just kicked and they just kind of flip around and they're dead. You know, they don't get get up in here. Remember that one part where they the, there's a door, it gets broken, and the bottom part is all the jagged edges, and Iko Uace uh-huh. just drags that guy just like right uh-huh. on it. Like I still that's <laughs> I watched it twice this week, once with the yeah. commentary, and both times I just I still gasped when, yeah. <laughs> when he just got slammed onto yeah, there's, the, onto the door. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good way of putting it. There's moments where you just gasp that they decided to do that. So, anyways, um, enough of my rambling. I'm going to kick it to you guys. S- style too brutal. I think it had to be, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally. You know, whether it was conscious or not. I think 
the decision to make the violence gory and brutal was, I think it was a smart one. And I think it's one that's allowed the film to set itself apart. Um, as far as too brutal, I don't think so. I think I kind of get what he was saying where it's, you're not, it's not too long on things. Like uh, for instance, uh, when we sort of get a flashback ish of a, uh, Tama, the, the the main bad guy, and he, he's just executing dudes. Um, and you see the gunshot, but they're very quick. Uh, and then the last guy, he runs out of bullets. He goes to get a hammer instead of getting more bullets because he's a jerk. Um, and then hitting that last guy with the hammer. We don't. It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal, but it I it doesn't just sit there. It's not it's not taking pleasure in it. I don't think I think it's saying it's showing it to you because it knows that you will get a reaction, but it's not a, the movie itself. Isn't enjoying that reaction that you're getting. It's not saying this is, this gore is beautiful. The action is beautiful. The gore is like, no, you should feel bad. You should know that they are in danger because of this. And what do you think, Toby? It might be, you know, plot wise, uh, guy goes into a building and fights his way up and down. Um, well, there was a movie, uh, was it Christian Bale where he's a cop in the future or whatever? And he does uh, basically that. Uh, was it, Yeah, uh, I think it was Dread. Carl, no, that's Carl Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. One of those. Maybe I can't. Maybe I'm mixing the them up. Page and then you, Toby and Aaron went on a different <laughs> Maybe page. I'm thinking they're the same. But like, I feel like like that's a way to make the same movie without the gore. And, uh, you know, I think this movie's better, whether it's because of the gore or not. The, the gore to me is like it's the choice the guy made. I, um, uh, it was a lot for me personally. As someone is somebody who likes space balls the best, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't see the gory like director's cut, right? Right. <laughs> or you know the the most gore. My favorite gore is in uh, Team America: World Police, where the puppets puking in the director's <laughs> cut for like five minutes. You know? um, but, I gotta say that my favorite part of this whole week was just imagining you like in bed. Just like with oh. like, just trying to watch it with your wife right there. Oh. Just like it's just, she just like, what are you watching? So when the, I mean, pretty much every scene I could predict to death, I turned away. Like I could not watch it. Like the hammer scene, I was like, don't get the hammer, don't get. Oh no, he's got the hammer. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right, uh, Kyle. How big of an influence was this movie on action movies made since it was released? Kyle? Um, I. I don't know. <laughs> I've, yeah. I uh, I'm gonna just be an armchair expert and say a bi- a big one. Um, I think. I mean, again, I don't. I haven't like listened to these directors talk about, it, but I feel like the influence was felt in American cinema, like with John Wick. I think is a big example of that. So much so that even you have some of the raid guys appear later in those movies, and there's there's directors voicing a desire to you know shoot wide and pay you know honor to you know like these great martial artists and so i think that's the big the biggest thing is that we don't want taken three liam neeson climbing a fence and it takes 15 cuts to show us that because liam neeson can't it's like quick (laughs) Um, i think audiences are you know smarter than what we give people credit for and so when you're just like hey you know expendables three let's get the boys back together we're going to zoom in really close because they're super old and we're going to shake the camera and we're going to add sound effects. People will fill in the blanks and it's like, no, like it's 
that's not fun. Like show us like what made those guys legends. And so I think while obviously bad action movies haven't stopped, I think we've seen a little bit, maybe again, I'm not a historian, a little bit of a resurgence trying to, uh, shoot action in an honorable way and treat the audience with respect and say, you know what? You paid 10 to whatever, 15 bucks to come here. So we're going to hire really good stunt people and we're going to actually plan out our shots as opposed to show up on the day of the set and go, okay, uh, Will Ferrell go fight that guy and then we'll shake the camera and we'll have a fight scene. It's like, (laughs) no, we're going to spend like 30 days, you know, figuring this out and it's gonna and it's gonna be really cool and you're gonna feel it and you're gonna say oh that's keanu reeves like hitting that dude or getting hit by that dude and it looks cool and we'll talk about it later so uh speaking of keanu you know the matrix is another classic go into a building and work your way up fight your way to the <laughs> top movie. A bad place to be if you don't want to get you know your arm stabbed or shot <laughs> <in times. laughs> i've learned all right. How about you, Aaron? So here's a here's a something that came to my mind. If uh, Taken's Liam Neeson, you saw that movie, right, Aaron? Mm-hmm, I did. So he broke into an Albanian uh, house and just basically killed everyone there. Do you think he's going to do a, a lot worse against Mad Dog and his crew if he tries to go in there? Oh, he's he. Just, it's just going to be numbers. <laughs> yes. The numbers are going to overtake him. They don't all the machetes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Liam Nason can take like one person at a time. <laughs> uh, He's armed. No, but, but like, not a Sith Lord. He can't take yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he uh he oh. screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, poor Liam Neeson. Oh, but okay, back to the the bigger question I asked. Like how big of an influence has the raid had on action movies this decade? I, I think the like quick sound bitey answer is the raid walked so John Wick could run. It's Ooh. it's yeah. I think the raid came out a few years too early. I, I know uh, to get like because I think among like people who are in the know or people who are excited about martial arts movies and they saw this trailer, especially with my friends, we were we were jazzed. We were so excited. We wanted to see this so bad. Um, and, you know, being from Indonesia, you know, being, you know, subtitles, I think that's a barrier for some people. So I think it, in in certain circles, you know, it's praised. But I think the raid needed to be successful for like what we have now. Like Kyle was talking about where it's more respect for an action scene and more putting more effort into it. Um, that John Wick sort of blew up as far as here in the in the states, like uh, Birds of Prey that just came out. Uh, I learned that a lot of the, which was actually surprisingly good, and a lot of the action scenes were done by uh, the director of John Wick, Chad Stonic, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. It could be something, but yeah, he he came in second unit and like shot a bunch of. They reshot a lot of the action scenes, so like even you know in a mainstream movie like that, we're getting more of a respect for uh, action choreography. And I, I de- the raid definitely has had an influence on that. I think, I think that's an excellent answer. And a lot of these guys use the raid to help catapult their careers. You know, you have uh, Iko Uwais at the, um, he, he did a Netflix series, Woo Assassins, Woo Warriors, something like that. Hmm. But he also did the uh, raid too. There's also the night, will come for us. Did you guys see that on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was awesome. Have you seen it, Aaron? I have not seen it, no. It's the the sergeant in there, Joe Taslim, is actually the 
the uh, star of that movie. And if you think, and for that, they took the raids 10 in violence and gore, and they kicked it up to 11 for that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> if okay. you could, and, but they still have a lot of the guys like Iko is in there. Yayan is also in there as well. Um, okay, well, I guess it, I know what I'm doing after this. Then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, I, my favorite part of that, just as an aside, is because I worked in um, in supermarkets and, you know, there's always those coolers with the like the, kind of the plastic drapes. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they figured out a way to, in a fight scene, to have a guy get uh, strangled by that. Uh, and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and meat hooks are involved and again you're just yeah it's screaming, a butcher shot. no no yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome the saws and <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, oh the worst would be the the, the little uh pepperoni cutter <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like his fingers first like oh not the fingers not One the fingers at a time <laughs> Yeah, it really is just like if Saw was an action movie, like no puppet, but just the the brutal cutting people apart in creative ways, <laughs> and lots of machetes. So yes, yeah, it's, it's and pretty pretty amazing. All right, let's get let's uh, take a trivia break. The raid showcases the traditional Indonesian martial art pinchak salat uh, with fight choreography led by uh, Iko Uwais and Yayad Ruhayan. God, I wish I could pronounce their names better. Uh, pinchak salat is actually like a grab all term because a lot of Indonesia is such a polygot society. It's just that one thing. It's, there's over 150 styles that are recognized in Indonesia. And although the word sada is widely known throughout much of Southeast Asia, the, worm pinchak, uh, the term pinchak slot is used mainly in Indonesia. Um, it was chosen in 1948 as a unifying term for the Indonesian fighting styles. It is a compound of the two most commonly used words for the martial arts in Indonesia. Pinchak is the term used in Central and East Java, while salat was used in Sumatra, the Malay Peninsula, and Borneo. Okay, so Gareth Evans, uh, he originally, he's he's Welsh. Uh, he does have an in- Indonesian wife. He went to Indonesia to direct a documentary, I believe, on the martial arts. And while he was there, he started to uh, really appreciate it, started to get to know people and start to make movies. I forgot what the first movie that they made with Iko Uwais and Yayan is called. Do you remember, Aaron? He Aaron looks like More Yeah, tale. something like that. It starts with an A. Yes. That's all I had, too. <laughs> and originally, he wanted this movie to be uh, set in the prison. Was, he had this big crime drama that he wanted to do. But when the approved budget was too small, he pared it down to a one-building action film that became The Raid. This, uh, the success of this film allowed him to secure a larger budget for the sequel where he got his wish of a prison drama which we'll get into next week. The English soundtrack written by, uh, written by Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park. Toby, one of your favorites. Yeah. Love <laughs> Lincoln Park. <laughs> this seems like a real thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so great. They're, they're smooth and jazzy. Uh, jazzy. And, <laughs> and Toby also noted that Gareth Evans also edited. Aaron, you mentioned that you watched the, the, the commentary version on there. Uh, was there anything that was the one thing that kind of was mentioned during there that really surprised you? Um, that surprised me is how many days they, they spent on the action scenes. Um, so like Jackie Chan will 
they they just give him all the money in the world to especially during the heyday they just let him do whatever he wants he could shoot for months and months and i think they said like that last fight scene with uh with mad dog and the two brothers was a six day shoot uh and they like they're going so normally on a low budget film 12 hours is about normal and they were going like 14 15 and each day you know day after day they're fighting constantly and not only that they have to be acting while they're fighting they have to be high energy all the time so just it's at first glance you're like six days well you could be able, should be able to do that like no there's you need a lot of time you need a lot of rest but i think that fact just how little they had to shoot it but like how much they got out of it from from that limited time that's pretty impressive definitely I want to know how much they like how much food they ate because I feel like I go to the office, I come back, and I'm like, man, I'm drained. I like work so hard, like I'm gonna eat this <laughs> tub of chicken. But like them, like like you said, shooting, you say fourteen hour days for six days for that fight sequence. Yeah, they're, they're shooting insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much food are they consuming? Like, are or do they just have like I don't know, like a a needle in their arm with protein like packs, <laughs> just like strap? Like that's like cra- I don't. That's crazy. I don't Very know, impressive. Man. They had some mean abs, uh, so not much. You can't have abs like that and eat a lot. Yeah, that's true. I know from experience. <laughs> that's probably a behind-the-door secret that they learned. Yeah. All right. All right, next, so let's get back into questions. Let's talk about our favorite fight sequences or what we thought was the most impressive. Let's start with Toby. I mean, I, I thought Mad Dog... <laughs> <laughs> like what he he's like uh whatever he says like i don't need my gun i like doing it the old-fashioned way you know and he cracks his knuckles or whatever just classic you know you know what's coming it's great <laughs> how about you aaron um i would i think one so i think the first just one we haven't mentioned before uh the the first and sort of second hallway fight with uh with rama um and that's when you really get to see, you know, all the ammo's gone. They don't have any of their guns. And you really, when you first get to see him do his thing uh, with multiple opponents, they got machetes. And it's, you're so, almost caught up. I remember the first time, like, just being caught off guard. Like, oh, oh, he's, he can do all this. Okay, great. We're in for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and how about you, Kyle? I think... I think like my favorite action sequence is when the cops are like running away. And like you said, they have the ax and they're trying to get through. Cause that sequence is just so uh, hectic and there's great editing that uh, Gareth employs, like the sound going out. And then you just hear like the, the thump, thump, thump of like the bullets and you know, people mm-hmm. are trying to get in and they're doing all the creative stuff and, dudes keep getting picked off in different ways like one guy gets the worst death which is just i assume his his balls are just unloaded on because he falls through the floor and then bullets are coming up and he's just shaking and i'm like i know his crotch is getting some of that (laughs) and it again just made me scream in pain um there's always one in every posse like right there's always (laughs) one guy that's just like yeah yeah and so i think the ball shooter (laughs) somebody somebody's always into the balls Greg, we talked about this every team's got a pervert yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so like aaron said like when you watch it the first time i think that's like says like what stands out to you i think for me watching it i had just like read a random review I think it was IGN, maybe. I don't know. I read a review th- for this movie. Wasn't super into foreign films at the time. And so I 
was watching it and then just being that sequence i was so invested and there's so many different things going on and i just was like and they were doing everything well like there weren't cheap hits like the like the the squibs or cgi i wasn't sure sometimes if it was you know a mixture or both whatever but um and the camera movement and the music it just all i was like this is a film this is really good so i think it was all cgi because they're using airsoft guns that's right (laughs) because they're cheaper and for me my favorite fight sequence is definitely just the machete hallway thing Mm. which has been done over a few times like in daredevil and um was it old boy it's been Mm -hmm. all right here's another question who would you most like to uh fight like toby mad dog or rama or the old guy the old lieutenant mad dog like i would (laughs) i would just like bare knuckle it (laughs) you know me you know how i love to bare knuckle fight (laughs) i was better at it while you're listening to lincoln park Uh, the next like wordpress meetup you're just like all right guys (laughs) (laughs) fist up let's go (laughs) you guys also agree mad dog is that probably the best fight style that you'd like to have i would like transfer to you I mean, I just honestly just give me that mad dog confidence. If you can bottle that, <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got a, you got a, you got a, a fortune on your hand. <laughs> yeah, I think we all would like to be mad dog. What I would be more realistically like is the friend who gets hurt immediately and then he's crawling through the hallway with his knife and he just starts stabbing that one guy. <laughs> he has like no energy. He's just like, get off me. And he's just going. I think I thought it was a good visual representation of my life. So. I that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and so who do you guys think is the real villain here is it tama who is in the tenement or is it really uh lieutenant wayu who led them all on the suicidal assault kyle uh i think it's the random old man at the beginning asking rama to go get the brother and you're just like who are you and also like he's a drug lord what are you gonna do when he comes home like like have a family dinner like the police are gonna probably be looking for him uh no i think the i think the uh the old man's the worst i mean they're all bad guys but he's supposed to be a cop he has a badge he's supposed to stand for something he's he's throwing shelves at people and he's shooting his guys in the face oh yeah it's not cool what about you guys aaron um, I would, there's like, there, there's, I guess there's being evil and then there's being a dick and the <laughs> lieutenant right. is more of the dick. So I'd probably have to say, yeah, he's the worst because he, on top of being, you know, leading innocent men, uh, in towards their death, he's just, he's just kind of a jerk. I just thought, I thought he was more pragmatic. Like, I mean, evil, yes, but pragmatic where like he could be bought if you had more money, you could buy him. So he wasn't <laughs> as evil as the, the bad guy, the uh, Tama, like to me, that guy was just. I hated that guy. I didn't have the same level of like visceral hate for the the police lieutenant or whatever. So, so do you think the SWAT team should have just like pulled their money together and just like gave it to them? Like, yeah. hey, can we not do this? Sorry, <laughs> mission canceled. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and I also thought like the lieutenant was kind of a. Not only was he kind of a dick, he was also kind of a weenie too. Because obviously he's a very good shot. Because you know when he shot that kid, like he shot. Through, through a door like yeah a, yeah through a door into his neck and he spent a lot of time just like crouching down not trying to get shot so it was like he's also he's also kind of a yeah he's a dick all around so i didn't like the lieutenant at all see i i had the opposite reaction than you toby i'm like tom i was like you know it's a villain you like to hate i'm like no nah, man yeah. you got some charisma you're just kind of 
mellow. Mm-hmm. You, you just like doing evil stuff. He's slurping know. on noodles. <laughs> I've been there, man. I, I I have two had to eat rum, and I, I I'm with you on this. <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, they did an audience. They did an He's audience the screening, the and they're like, "Well, how do you think? How do you feel about this guy?" I'm like, I like that he ate ramen. That's cool. I do that too. <laughs> And um, and it's not like he wouldn't have killed those cops if they didn't come in, right? Like, what is he supposed to do? I guess he could just um, be arrested, but, you know. That's true. That would have been a very fun movie. Just be like, hey, we got him. Yeah. Got him, everybody. <laughs> a question, a quick like... question I had. Oh, sorry. No, you Please go ahead. Okay. Was, I was confused. How many people were uh, his, like, henchmen and guards? And how many were just random... Um, you know, people living in the apartment who were trying to get the free rent because, you know, they put out that announcement. They're like, hey, if you kill or help, you know, get rid of the police people, you get free rent. And so I was confused. I was like, does everyone in this apartment complex have a machete and like a gun? And so they're like, I'm going to get that free rent. Or was it mainly just guards? Because I thought that's kind of even more of a dick move is to like, you're just living somewhere and then you're like, oh, yeah, like a human life. That's fine. As long as I don't have to pay pay rent, I'll just go <laughs> kill someone really quick. Like the purge, but just like a normal day. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is worth thousands of dollars. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess the question is, Kyle, what is the most amount of violence you would do for free rent? I would stab someone in the arm and pull. (laughs) (laughs) Don't live. (laughs) Well, it's free rent in that dump, you know, like (laughs) that one guy's like, you're ruining my apartment. I was like, dude, your apartment's not that great. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't see a gym in there. Uh, The gym is probably that meth lab. Okay. That was open agenda. Does anybody have anything else to talk about before we rate this movie? One, this is just sometimes my brain will hear what's been spoken way in the past and then it'll come forward. So I just was remembering what you were saying about uh, the director talking about not being, I forget, what was the quote? Drawn to violence or interested in violence? Uh, oh, he, does, he doesn't want to dwell on, doesn't want to, he's not really attracted to movies that dwell on torture or violence. Gotcha. So, did you guys see his his most recent movie? Um, what was it called? Um, it's not like Apostle. Apostle. Yes, that's what it was. And that's what's funny is I remember looking at your show notes and seeing that quote and being like, "Apostle has like a bunch of torture scenes in it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and again, I'm not judging because you know it's done well, but and I I trying to get into that mindset of like it's done with intent and it's done well and i think a thing he said in that same interview that you were quoting from is that like the violence reveals character so again it's like yeah you have the mob boss who's slurping on noodles and then you know shooting people in the face that reveals that you know he doesn't really care and that's fine but it just was it's kind of a weird thing to like say that and then your movie is really like even that um, he did a segment for the VHS horror film called Safe Haven, I think. And that also was just incredibly violent. And so from the interview, he kind of makes it sound like, oh, well, I turn away whenever something gross is going to happen. And it's like, mm. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> Maybe not all the time. Sometimes buddy. like that hammer scene that Toby was afraid of. It's like it does move away before it happens. But there's plenty of other times like at the end, Mad Dog getting a freaking uh, like broken light 
thing right. in the oh. neck. Um, so anyway, Holy. that just popped in my head. And <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Apostle, it is it's it is gnarly. And uh, so again, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about, but hey, I like what he does. So more power to him. <laughs> and Kyle, you're very fixated on this food. Were you really bothered that Rama didn't make uh, breakfast in the beginning of the movie? <laughs> like he's working out, and like he wasn't. <laughs> yes, let it be known that I am uh, very picky about the realism of food in films, and I was freaking pissed. <laughs> I was like, you show him praying, you show him talking to his pregnant wife, you show him freaking working out, but he's not grabbing a granola bar or something. You can't do all that fighting <laughs> right. on an empty stomach. No, I, it's BS yeah. and I hate it. I want to see them using the toilet too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At what point did he take it? Like that, that crawl space would have been a perfect opportunity. <laughs> that one guy used the bathroom. Oh yeah. The pants. Yeah, that was, that was bad. I, I think the move would be the, the poop uh, in that guy's wall and then walk out and be like, your place smells like shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like leave. <laughs> shit in your wall. <laughs> why is there feces in your walls why do you put shit in your wall i don't judge your life don't judge mine <laughs> oh man okay let's get to rating this movie toby what do you um, think so amongst the other movies we've seen it, it it's uh definitely like i put it at like number five ish um out of uh, 10-ish. <laughs> um, so right in the middle in terms of like just, you know, movie quality, um, I would not watch it again, uh, you know, voluntarily. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, whereas my last movie, You've Got Mail, sure, I'd watch that again. Totally harmless if I got, you know, two hours and like a bucket of popcorn or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, this movie's way better than You've Got Mail. How about you, Bob? <laughs> yeah because that's a good that's a good thing it's not it's not like i pop in the raid like when i'm like kind of chilling out going about to go to bed or something you kind of want something a little bit lighter and not people getting like cut by machetes uh <laughs> but there's so and so you know <laughs> yeah they redeemed so i just i mainly just watch the first two minutes i just see him just like praying and i just like, that's not <laughs> what a happy family <laughs> yeah uh i think i'm gonna put this this is I'm gonna put this number four below dirty rotten scoundrels and above love actually. Because I think it's just one of those like I love the raid, but it's one of those things that I don't rewatch often. Like I could like both fingers at the top of my list, and I could probably watch that like little clips over and over again, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Uh but I still love the raid. Yeah. So I don't wanna yeah. And mine mine's sandwiched between Clueless and Bridget Jones's diary. <laughs> <laughs> all right and so next week we're getting to the raid two. Oh, and i see you already put that blah 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 um kyle aaron thank you so much for coming on tonight i will see you next week thanks we'll for having next us. week yeah thank you very much it was a, it was a pleasure yes it was a very good time and toby good luck getting through the raid two. <laughs> look at <laughs> my bob yeah you might have to uh put you know cover your eyes a couple times <laughs> that's gonna be worth it <laughs> It, just watch it in chunks. Yeah, yeah, just spread yeah. it out throughout the week. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. The Agent Hipster podcast is written, edited, Facebooked, and produced by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines. The intro song is written and performed by Ryan Reed. Check us out on Instagram at the Agent Hipster Network. We also have a Facebook group at the Agent Hipster Network. 
I think. I think that's where you can find us. So please find us, like us, and uh, share our episodes. Thank you for your time, and thank you for listening.